on Tuesday, May the 16th at the Community Arts Centre in Williamsport, the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra's 2022-2023 season will end in a blaze of excitement. Featured will be the Piano Concerto No. 3 of Sergei Prokofiev with guest pianist Melody Kwa, who has been described as a poet with titanium fingers. The concert will begin with the music of Jose Pablo Moncayo. And as a perfect conclusion to the season, Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 5 offers some of his most beautiful melodies and a finale described by one writer as displaying the untamed fury of the Cossack. Maestro of the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra, Gerardo Edelstein, spoke to me by phone recently about this exciting upcoming concert. The program will start with a piece called Wapango, who is uh, just a type of dance, a Mexican dance or a collection of, of tunes and, and dances. And Jose Pablo Moncayo was a Mexican composer, mainly uh, a percussionist and a conductor. And Chavez, who is uh, another great Mexican composer, basically commissioned this piece uh, to him and he said, why you don't write something that is very, you know, influenced by folk music and especially from the area of Veracruz and something that will sound Mexican. And so these are, again, as I said earlier, by a collection of, of songs and dances, mainly three of them. I mean, I can tell you the names. I pro Probably our audience will not recognize those songs. Uh, one is called Siki Siri. The other one, Balahu, and the third one, El Gavilan. So basically, I have to say he did a little bit of what Bartok Kodai did in Hungary, just going around you know, the small villages and towns and collecting songs and, and dances. And Moncayo did something uh, of that sort and put together this wonderful, wonderful, exciting piece with very colorful, with lots of percussion and fun way to start. The last program of uh, the season. You know, believe it or not, Fiona, we are already closing the season with this concert. You mentioned Bartok. I think Ray Fawn Williams was doing the same thing in, right. in England. Exactly. Was that about the same time? Was there a trend going on in classical music? It's possible because it happened also in Argentina with Alberto Quinasteras, another composer who did same thing with folk music and I have to say this is it's not something new uh, even though it's in the uh, you know 20th century but already the Russian composers like Tchaikovsky they were also including some folk music in their pieces we can hear throughout Tchaikovsky's compositions a lot of folk songs and Russian specifically Russian you know tunes rhythms that it was popular also in the 19th century I remember the first time I listened to the Nutcracker closely, I realized there were so many folk tunes. There were some folk tunes from France in there mm -hmm, as well. Exactly. It's, it's great that you mentioned, you know, the uh, Tchaikovsky ballet because uh, in this symphony he also includes a waltz that is something quite unusual. So I'm talking about symphony number five, the one that we are closing the concert. And the only composer that comes to my mind that included waltz is Berlioz with his Symphonia Fantastique several years earlier. So this uh, replaces the uh, traditional minuet or scherzo 
although the middle section of that uh, wall can be associated with, with a scherzo, but, but it's new and it's not surprising because we know that Tchaikovsky was a master of ballet music. You know, the influence of that in his entire work uh, is very prominent. Would audiences at the time, the first time they heard the Symphony Number no. 5, would they have been surprised by that waltz? Yes, probably. You know, Tchaikovsky was, you know, poor guy. <laughs> he never, at the beginning of his career and in some of his later compositions, they were never well received at the beginning. And I'm always puzzled why that. Maybe because people were expecting a sort of a different thing or a uh, more traditional thing. Tchaikovsky, although has these beautiful tunes and lush harmonies, very colorful orchestrations, and he got away a little bit from the traditional forms. So sometimes from, from the first hearing, the, the music can feel disorganized, you know, comparing Brahms and, and more Schumann, Mendelssohn, all the traditional composers of the 19th century. Tchaikovsky brings just a little bit more adventurous, you know, ideas. Like, you know, I mentioned the waltz, but also the way he starts this symphony in a very somber way, with just two clarinets playing what uh, Tchaikovsky himself called the fate theme. And, you know, I'm, I'm always wondering if he was not influenced by Beethoven. He probably was from uh, Beethoven's Fifth that starts uh, also with the fate theme or destiny knocking at your door. You know, Beethoven's Five starts very prominent and loud and assertive, while this starts in a kind of somber and more obscured way. And this particular fate theme comes back throughout the entire symphony and uh, develops, develops, develops in a way that, uh, of course, ends in a big, uh, you know, rousing finale, you know, the full orchestra, and uh, bringing back that musical idea from the beginning, from darkness to light, something like that. It's interesting you talking about Tchaikovsky in, the, in this way, because, of course, I think now we're all very comfortable with Tchaikovsky. Absolutely. And at one time we weren't. Prokofiev, a lot of people are still uncomfortable with Prokofiev. Yes, and it's not surprising because Prokofiev brings more adventurous music <laughs> into the world. He lived through several periods in history, the First World War. That's when he started composing this piano concerto number three was at the very end of the First World War, and he moved to Paris, tried to enjoy life more than, you know, Shostakovich did, because where they live, you know, close to each other. Shostakovich decided to stay in, in Russia, but uh, Prokofiev left, so he apparently had a better life. But it was a time where composers tried to innovate and, and create new, a new language in terms of music, getting a little bit away of the traditional harmonic system and uh, use a little more of dissonances. And that's that could sometimes keep people away, but in today's world, those dissonances are extremely familiar already, especially after Stravinsky and many, many other composers who used bitonality when two chords, totally different chords, are played together. So, and one thing that people will hear on, on this concerto is virtuosity. It's one 
probably one of the most virtuosic piano concertos ever written, only rivaled by some of the Rachmaninoff uh, piano concertos. So you really need a fantastic, fantastic piano who can go through all those incredibly fast and intricate passages. Prokofiev himself was an incredible pianist, and he was the one premiering the piece, playing the piece. And it also took a while to get accepted. Got uh, much uh, faster accepted in Europe than in, in America uh, when he came and, and, and played it for the American audiences. But today is one of the most popular piano concertos, and you know we are very, very fortunate to have you know, an outstanding pianist. Her name is Melody Kwa. She has been Penn State faculty. She started before COVID, and she's really, really amazing and will do an amazing, amazing job. What is very interesting on this concerto, it still has the three movements, the typical three movements, being the first and the last, you know, the faster ones, although in the third movement, because it starts so fast, the middle section is again very lyrical and more romantic in a way. And he uses as a second movement theme and variations. It's also something that is not that that common in a piano concerto, and that also each variation is very different, you know, from fast to slow to dramatic to exciting to somber to scherzo like. Yeah, it's pretty much going through all the moods that you can imagine. One of the things that this concerto does not have, it's a cadenza or a cadence that maybe listeners are used to when they hear a piece for a solo and an orchestra that there is some time in during the piece that we hear only the soloist. It's either, you know, just a long portion of just piano or violin, cello, whatever the instrument is. There is not such a thing in, in this concerto. It's a constant conversation between the orchestra and the soloist. Interaction, constantly interaction. It's like the piano plays something, orchestra takes over, repeats, or does a variation, or basically like a conversation between two people or several people and, and uh, one leading one. So it's very fascinating and at the same time very entertaining. It's like the first time I heard this piece, it's about 30 minutes, the piece, and it keeps you on your toes the whole time and it's you only breathe between movements <laughs> because as the music starts, it's a continuous feeling of, you know, okay, now a new thing and, and now the next and now a new thing and a new, a new surprise and I'm really excited to, to perform this piece with Melody. How is the orchestra handling it? Have most of them played this before, or is this new to them? Some have played it before. Um, you know, it's a very, it's a very standard piece of, in, in the repertoire. Uh, things that you have to find the pianist who can play it. <laughs> but, you know, some have played it, some not. We are going to work really hard, you know, with the other pieces as well. But Tchaikovsky... A little more familiar. The orchestra has not played in a while. I think last time I played a Tchaikovsky symphony with them was probably 10 years ago or so, maybe a little less, but we did uh, his symphony number no. four. So it has been a while, and I don't know if my predecessor did it with the orchestra. But it's such a popular piece that I would say probably 99% of our musicians played it before. While the Prokofiev, it may be you know, 65%, 70%, yep, 
it still will take uh, some time to prepare and to get familiar with the conversations I mentioned to you uh, earlier and make sure that we accompany well the soloist and the balance is good and we make as much beautiful music as we can. Do you think it's easier for you as musicians to deal with a more unfamiliar piece that nevertheless, because it's more unfamiliar in the playing, is an exciting experience, or dealing with a piece that you know and you've done many, 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 many times and you run the risk of doing it the same old way, it becoming right. too, yeah. too samey. Yes, exactly, yeah. No, uh, you know, both have advantages and disadvantages. When you do a piece that is well-known, sometimes you have to work harder because musicians have on their in their ears probably a previous performance or even in their fingers certain tempi or certain things that they have done in the past and then so you have to work a little harder to convince them to do it a little bit differently than they did it before but you know we have a very flexible and very sensitive group of musicians and yesterday we had a rehearsal and you know I had a great time we made great music and we made changes we adjusted things some things we did more traditional but you know it's like when you cook right so it, it's never the same right even if you have a recipe enough that you put a little bit more of sugar right or a little bit more of salt or less um, I don't know condiments it will never taste exactly the same. And I think with music, we can do that every time. Do things differently, so then we enjoy it more. And if we are convincing enough, we will convince the audience that you know what we are doing is convincing. Well, you have a wonderful orchestra. You're a wonderful team. You also have an audience that's prepared to be opened up to new things and to be entertained and educated. Well, thank you very much, Fiona. I love what I do and I love to play for our wonderful audience that uh, I know is very appreciative and supportive. Same to musicians, you know, I enjoy tremendously working with them and all this relationship that we made already. Uh, this is my, the end of my 13th season, believe it or not, so i very fortunate and honored to, to work with such an uh, incredible group of musicians. And I think it, it, it's demonstrated as we perform in concert. So yes, May 16th is a Tuesday at 7.30 at the Community Arts Center. And, and of course, there is a uh, website that you can always uh, access and get tickets there or come a little earlier, not right on time, just a little earlier. So then you can get your tickets right uh, uh, at the CAC. But it's coming up and we are all very excited. Gerardo Edelstein, conductor and music director of the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra, speaking about the upcoming concert of the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra, which will close the season in a blaze of excitement with the music of Jose Pablo Moncayo, Sergei Prokofiev and Tchaikovsky featuring the pianist Melody Kwa. This exciting performance will be taking place at the Community Arts Centre in Williamsport on Tuesday, May the 16th. The performance will begin at 7.30pm. For tickets, please visit caclive.com or call the CAC box office at 570-326-2424. Or you may pick up tickets at the door. 
but please arrive extra early if you wish to do that. The concert will begin at 7.30 sharp and brilliant. Many thanks to maestro Gerardo Edelstein. And many thanks to you, WVIA's Fiona Powell.